Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf, and I'm happy to be with you for today's show, How to Make Your Long-Distance Relationship Go the Distance. Later in the show, I'm going to share my five proven tips for making your long-distance relationship thrive. In fact, these five tips I'm going to share were presented on CNN. They did a series of TV interviews with me, and one of them was on how to make your long-distance relationship go the long distance. So I'll share those tips with you. And I want you to stay with me because these proven techniques I'm going to bring to you are really going to help you take your long-distance love to the finish line. And when it comes to keeping long-distance relationships going, I, I know it seems impossible at times, but just hang in there. We're going to do it. And after we tackle that topic, I'll answer some questions. The first is confused about a boy, long distance. And I'm helping out a young woman who's been take, talking with a guy for nine and a half months over the internet. And she's developing feelings for him and wants to know how to tell if he feels the same way about her. So stay with me and find out how she can find about, out about his feelings without making herself too emotionally naked. The next question, intention stated, but getting the runaround, I'm helping a guy who can't understand why he keeps falling for women who draw him in and then dump him. So stick with me to find out the real reason behind his dating dead end. And lastly, in long distance, I'm helping out a guy whose long distance girlfriend took him to a big party when he wanted to be alone with her at last. And he texted a complaint to his friend, which she saw, and now they're on the skids. So stick with me to see how he can solve their text tussle. And then we'll do a reading between the sheets. That's a sex question. In Confused, I'm helping out a wife whose husband wants to spice up their vanilla sex life by watching her have sex with another guy. And in the past, she had no problem with sexual experimentation, but as she said to me, she can't wrap her head around her newfound reluctance. So stick with me to find out why she can't seem to give this horse his head in bed. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's a good thing that you got what I meant. Now, when it comes to long distance relationships, absence is a lens that magnifies and distorts feelings. When a partner is out of sight, your mind transforms into what's called a blank screen. And then it's easy to project horror movies that are more like sequels to your past traumas. So for example, you might be bracing for a lightning strike for a second time. And if someone in your past, let's say, cast you off, you're looking to cast yourself in the movie Castaway 2, uh, meaning you're waiting for another rejection. So don't worry. There is a way to shred these horror movies and create your very own true love story with a very happy ending. So I'm going to give you some tips right now. These are not the five tips that I did on CNN, but these are tips that are very valuable all the same. First one is ask the important questions at the onset to make sure you're both clear on the parameters of the relationship. Setting parameters like naming your relationship, are we dating, are we just seeing each other, are we exclusive, are we engaged? And if you're exclusive, defining what exclusive means. Does it mean it's limited to one person or non-exclusive? These can be difficult and awkward questions to ask, but they're going to save you a lot of heartache and misunderstanding down the line. 
So for example, you might say, are you open to the possibility of relocating if the relationship should become more serious? Or what are you looking to get out of the relationship? Stating your end goal or your ideas are going to allow both of you to maintain what you need. And if you're not on the same page, better to know it right up front, right? Second tip, do things together. Defy the distance. As a long-distance couple, it's important to do other things together besides the usual phone call. In a long-distance relationship, interaction over the phone can become dull over time. Incorporating other forms of interaction are important. So just think, people in short-distance relationships don't spend the majority of their time talking. They do things with each other. So try to replicate this by finding things to do together, like watching a TV show or a movie simultaneously. Now, here's your third tip. Consider using video chat calls every day or as often as you can. Text messaging, phone calls, and email every other day. So it's important to maintain contact and to be in each other's daily lives as much as possible. Number four, communicate in some way every day, more than once if possible. So since you won't be seeing each other, it's important to establish and maintain an emotional connection. And these don't always have to be long, in-depth conversations. Tell each other about your little triumphs and tragedies. Ask for advice. Use real-time chat or webcams for a visual connection. Email's great, so you make sure to use it, especially if long distance um, overseas phone calls are gonna put a strain on your budget. But ensure the emails are substantive and detailed. It's gonna show that you care enough to put in the effort and the time. Write love letters, send small gifts, cards, or flowers for no reason. And in this case, quantity is as important as quality. You may discover an advantage over others whose partner is close at hand if you don't take communication for granted. Number five, take advantage of the benefits of long distance relationships and what they offer. You have more time for your friends and family, no arguments over toothpaste caps being left up or toilet seats being left up, the pleasure of seeing your sweetheart again after an absence, time to mull your options rather than snapping at your partner impulsively before you respond to that email he or she wrote that seemed so rude the first time you read it. Not being dragged into watching a movie you know you're not going to like. You get the idea. But most important, being far apart gives you a chance to maintain your individuality. Something that can get lost in the shuffle when couples spend all their free time together. Tip number six, pursue common interests, even if it means pursuing them apart. If there's a movie you're both interested in seeing, watch it individually and then call each other afterward and talk about it. Read a certain book at the same time. Stargaze while you're on the phone. Set your watches to go off at the same time every day and synchronize your alarm with that of your partner and make it a point to think of each other when your watch goes off and revel in the fact that he or she is thinking about you too. Find creative ways to bond. Number seven, avoid the temptation to be controlling. People have free will and no one can or should control another person. As long as you're both interested in being in the relationship, 
You're going to stick with it and distance will not make a difference. As soon as one of you decides the other is not a good match or someone else is a better match, your relationship ends, whether you live 3,000 miles apart, two streets over, or share the same bed with a wedding picture on the wall. So you're going to have to trust each other completely if this long distance relationship is going to work. Tip number eight. Try challenging each other. And this is not the same as being controlling. You may find that you can do things for each other that you couldn't quite find the motivation to do on your own. Perhaps you could motivate yourselves to get some exercise or to cook better or more often. It's going to give you something to do while you wait to see your partner again. And it's going to give you both something to strive for and talk about until then. Tip nine, talk about your future together. Assuming that ultimately you want to live together, discussing how you're going to get to that point will help you prove to each other that the relationship is going somewhere and that your efforts and your frustrations are not in vain. Tip 10, remember, remember things are going to get better with time and even the relationship will become better and have hope. Tip 11, visit often. So try to make the time to visit each other as often as possible or as often as your budget permits you to do. A relationship can't thrive if the only thing you have is a phone call or video chats. You need to see each other up close and personal every chance you get. And the key here is to set up some quote unquote rules about frequency of communication and visits and stick to them. Consistency can help a long distance relationship survive. Tip 12, avoid jealousy and be trusting. One of the easiest ways to destroy a perfectly healthy relationship is to poison it with jealousy and drama. So when you start a long distance relationship, you have to be realistic of the difficulties ahead. It always helps if you go into a relationship with the idea that everyone is innocent and worthy of trust until proven otherwise. So don't fall into the trap of interrogating your partner every time he or she decides to go out for a drink with people you haven't met or he or she didn't get back to you right away when you called and left a message. Just because you're in a long distance relationship doesn't mean your lives are gonna pause. Your partner, partner is naturally gonna have a social life in which he or she lives and so should you. So sure, it helps to have your eyes open and not be totally naive, but being overly suspicious is really unhealthy for you and your relationship too. So you should both maintain your social activity and be happy with yourselves. Tip 13 be positive. Staying positive and not focusing on the negative aspects of a long distance relationship is essential to keeping your relationship blooming and your partner content. Being away from your sweetie is not all bad news. Use the opportunity of personal time to pursue your interests and hobbies, as well as your career objectives. And another positive point is that long distance dating pushes both of you to be more creative, to communicate better since you don't have face-to-face -face time, and to test and express your feelings. As long as you see the long distance relationship as a temporary state, you're going to keep your chin up and transmit that feeling of security and happiness to your partner too. Tip 14, give your, your honey a personal object of yours. So in a time of need, when your partner misses you, he or she is going to be able to hold on to something that once belonged to you. And this is going to provide comfort and happiness and the thought of being with you. Tip 16. Work towards a balanced relationship 
between both of you. A relationship has to be built on strong foundations of trust, understanding, and determination to make it work. The key is to ensure that an equal amount of effort is made by both parties. So the two partners should be reasonable about their expectations and willing to cooperate so that the relationship can lead to a happy ending. And if these parameters are taken care of, you have nothing to worry about. But don't forget to ask some questions because if you don't, your partner may start to think that you're losing interest. Tip 17, create your own set of relationship standards that both of you have mutually agreed upon. So that creates a common goal for you to work towards, developing a strong relationship, whether you are together or apart. For example, agree to disagree, accept each other as you are, practice trust and honesty, strive towards compromise and self-sacrifice, seek spiritual unity, and maintain open communication. Tip 18, remember that you're still in a relationship, so you have to be there for your partner. If your partner's in trouble or hurt or whatever, you have to be there for him or her. Make sure you are available so your partner can reach you if needed. If your partner ends up dealing with everything alone, your partner is going to eventually not need you. And this means distance permitting, of course. That means being physically there for your partner. Tip 19, because time together is rare when you do see each other, take as much advantage as possible of your ability to get intimate with each other. You don't have that privilege during those stretches when you can't be with each other physically. So you've got to keep those feelings of excitement and attraction alive or they will wane in time. All right. So I'm going to give you um, a quickie. And the quickie is like some little statistics about long distance marriages and relationships. And they are on the rise. So the stats are 14 million couples identify themselves as being in a long distance relationship. And about 3.75 million couples who are married are in long distance relationships. On average, couples these long-distance couples live 125 miles apart, but some live on separate continents. Some visit every weekend, others every few months. But on average, long-distance couples see each other one and a half times a month, according to statistics. These pairs include two married academics who love their jobs and have lived apart for more than a decade, the spouse who accepted a foreign job assignment but didn't want to uproot the family, the high-powered dual-career couple constantly on the move to advance their jobs. There's this guy, Greg Guldner, MD, and he knows about long-distance relationships firsthand. He was doing a medical residency in Southern California when he met his future wife on a trip to Phoenix, and the couple survived four years in a two-state relationship before they married, and he wrote a book, Long-Distance Relationships, The Complete Guide. And he says that compared to generations past, today's lovers are more likely to meet while crisscrossing the country or the globe. And people travel for their work. They commute farther. They generally travel more than we did even just a decade ago. And all of these things make it more likely that they'll fall for someone who doesn't live nearby. And of course, the internet fuels the trend too. The rise of internet dating services contributes to coast-to-coast -to -coast couples, those who live on opposite ends of the nation and met on the web, but have a real, not just a virtual relationship. Society has finally started accepting long-distance relationships as a viable alternative. Long-distance marriages do have drawbacks though. Warranted or not, 
couples do tend to worry more about fidelity or infidelity. And furthermore, if children are involved, one partner shoulders almost the entire burden of raising the kids. But in spite of all this, commuter marriages are becoming a more and more commonplace thing because people are willing to try them. And part of that is technological. People think email and internet makes it easier. So when it comes to long distance relationships, Technology can be your best friend or your worst enemy. Okay, so here come the five tips that I shared on my CNN interview. Number one, daily maintenance. When you aren't in close physical proximity, you have to go the extra mile by doing extra daily due diligence. This means you've got to give more frequent reminders of your love than couples who live together. And this is good training for your love muscle. So you'll be in tip-top shape to take your love to the finish line when you eventually get together full-time. My second tip is avoid texting no-nos. Now, don't tackle tough topics via text. Say that three times fast. When conflicts arise, remember, you cannot address emotionally fraught topics by text. You can't believe how many couples I've known who have broken up over text wars. When you're texting, you don't have visual and vocal cues, which makes it easy to misunderstand what the other is saying. So get on the phone or a video conference and talk the old-fashioned way and use my Kiss Your Fights Goodbye book to teach you how to talk out your problems using my proven conflict resolution method. And you're going to have the skills to take your love to the finish line. Here's my third tip. CNN loved this one, have sex from afar. So when you're in a long distance relationship, it's easy for your sex life to become an ex-life. And when you're Randy, here's where technology comes in handy. Have a Skype slumber party, but don't go to sleep. Log on and get your freak on. My next tip for you is long distance date. So just because you're not physically together doesn't mean you can't and shouldn't have date nights. Get on the phone and watch a movie together, cook the same dish together and then share the meal, or even get on the phone or on a video chat, snuggle up and fall asleep together. And ladies, remember, if you're dating a guy who lives far away, make sure he has a very long phone cord. That was the X-rated portion of that presentation. All right. Give you a couple of tweets before we take a break. When it comes to long distance love, there is no need to throw in the glove. You can hit a long distance love home run with daily reminders that he or she is the one. When your relationship is long distance, express your love with more insistence. Never tackle tough topics via text. Say that three times fast and your love will last. When trouble strikes in your long distance relationship, Talk the old-fashioned way for love that's here to stay. Don't let your sex life become an ex-life. Log on and get your freak on. And when you're feeling randy, remember technology comes in handy. All righty. So I hope that you will take all my long-distance relationship tips and pointers to heart so that your love can last forever and beyond. All right, guys, we're going to take a brief break. When we come back from the break, I am going to answer your questions. Be back in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? 
Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again, and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. This is the time in the show where I'm answering your questions. And of course, I've curated the questions so that they relate to long-distance relationships. This one is called Confused About a Boy, Long Distance. Hi, there's a guy I met online about 9.5 months ago. We live in different countries. Since we met, we have been talking very often with each other and for quite a long time. But this, and for quite long each time. But this is, as friends, nothing more. Lately, however, I have got confused about my feelings for him. Some people close to me asked me once whether I was in love with him, and that is where the confusion period started. So I'm wondering, can it just be caused by overthinking? Can I only think that I might like him as something more than a friend, or can I be falling in love with him? Also, also I kind of don't want to find myself in a situation where I would only be in love and he wouldn't. How do I even find out via internet if he is? I'm certainly not going to ask him that straightforwardly. I don't want to ruin everything. Are there any ways to understand if he could be falling for me too, via internet, I mean, without asking? Okay, so I do understand your dilemma. And in many ways, you're both like old-fashioned pen pals. But instead of writing letters via snail mail, you're talking over the internet. You say you've been talking. Do you mean you've only been chatting online or have you been using webcams and talking face-to-face over the internet? If you've only been writing, 
You don't have the visual and vocal cues to help you read each other's body language. And what's more, without visual cues, the blank screen of your mind can paint all kinds of fantasy tales onto the imaginary canvas that lives within your mind. I know that you're both great friends and confidants, and many of the greatest and most loving and long-lasting romantic relationships have been founded on deep friendship. And in fact, many of the greatest loves have developed <clears throat> through a written correspondence, correspondence that established the bond long before the couple even met. That said, this kind of internet relationship is risky, and it's easy to fall deeply in love, especially with someone you haven't met in person. Without in-person, face-to-face contact, it's easy for the mind to fall into fantasy land, and it's easy then to turn the other person into the man or woman of your dreams and build intensely emotional castles in the sky that have nothing to do with reality. That's why it's best to meet in person, face-to-face, as soon as possible, to get a realistic sense of how you relate together in person and to find out if you have chemistry. Because many people believe that chemistry flows out of an emotional connection. This is often true, but not always the case. And I know this firsthand because after my husband left his body, I did a brief excursion into the internet dating scene. And one man with whom I wrote and spoke with on the phone for a month seemed wonderful to me. But then when I met him in person, I was completely turned off by his facial expressions. He looked deranged to me. So at the very least, if you haven't seen each other on a webcam, do so as soon as you can. But even this isn't enough of a test. You may or may not have in-person chemistry. And now I understand that you're afraid to fall in love with this guy and not have your feelings return. And I also understand that you were afraid to stick your neck out and expose your feelings. So you asked me, how can you find out whether you're on the same page, so to speak, when you're only communicating via the internet? The fact that you're communicating via the internet doesn't change what you're going to need to do in order to find out. The fact is there's no way to get around your sticking your neck out and asking him where he's coming from. The most extreme form of risk would involve your telling him straight out how you feel and asking if he feels the same. A less bold approach would involve asking him how he sees your connection. Does he see you both as virtual pen pals? Is he happy with what you both have? Would he like more contact? Does he see the relationship as an impediment to forming a relationship? Does he see the long distance as an impediment to forming a relationship? Asking directly involves a risk, but not as big a risk as you think. Based upon what you say, he is clearly attached to you too. So what's the worst thing that could happen? He's not going to tell you he doesn't care, but he may tell you that he doesn't see how to make the relationship work given the distance, in which case you'll be talking about how you might make it work instead of living in limbo. Don't kid yourself. Letting this thing ride and waiting to see what he does involves an even greater emotional risk to you. As time goes by, you risk becoming more and more wrapped up in him. And in this case, time and silence are not your friends. In the end, I think it's best to just be bold. Tell him how you feel about him and open up a discussion. Based upon what you say, I'm betting that he feels the same way about you. And I bet he's also afraid to be disappointed by sticking his neck out. So go for it. At the very least, if you can't figure out the logistics, you'll still have a very dear friend and confidant. Let me know how you make out with him. I really want to hear. Okay, next question. Intention stated, but getting the runaround. Hello, Dr. Love. I'm coming to you in desperation. First and foremost, I love your work. 
You are extremely knowledgeable and a friend suggested your work to me a while back. And now I feel like I need some serious insight or perhaps a wake up call. I really hope you can guide me in the right direction. I've known this girl for a while now. We met about a year ago. Without putting her on a pedestal, she is extremely driven, beautiful inside and out, wife material, if you may. Basically everything I'm looking for. She and I got close and I've made my intentions clear that I wanted something more than a relationship. She stated that she could not pursue a relationship because of where she worked. I won't disclose her occupation, but she is around men a lot and works the job only to support her family. She felt that she could not be with any man till she rids herself of the job. At this point, I did the only thing I felt I could do. I told her I couldn't see her any longer. We go months without contact, and at this point, I have already deleted her number from my phone. Four months down the line, I receive a call. It was her trying to reach out to me once again. She planned to move to my area as she found a new job and wanted to be closer to it. I felt nothing for her at this point, and it was all platonic. Slowly, I notice she finds any and all reasons to spend time with me, i.e. help her move, help her hang a shelf in her room, come by and taste her new dish she just cooked up. Things became familiar really quickly, reminiscent of the old days. We even went on several vacations together. I decided that I had to give it one more shot. Romantic dinners, oh, um, romantic dinners, spontaneous trips, and so on. She tells me, I like you, but I'm not looking for a relationship. I believe this is pure bull. I put myself in her shoes and said, if I was stuck on being single and I met someone that could sway that mentally, I would pursue it. My question is, what is she after? She isn't after my money. She has plenty of guys constantly hitting on her, so it couldn't be company. I'm a complete gentleman and respect women to the highest level, but this is the last straw. What am I doing wrong? It isn't the women I run into because this has happened on more than one occasion. If you could make any sense of this, I would be indebted to you. Please shed, shed some light. Signed by Dumbfounded. Okay, so look, I'm really sorry to hear the pain you're in. And I'm really glad that you reached out to me because it takes a lot of courage to open yourself up to deep psychological scrutiny. I understand that this woman seduced you. And then when you came in close for the second time, she withdrew. I want to focus on the fact that this hot, cold pattern has happened on more than one occasion in your life. Whenever you notice a pattern repeating itself, that's your clue that you're dealing with an early childhood trauma. Freud was the first to notice the mind's way of engaging in repetition in response to trauma. He had a boy come to his consultation office for a visit. The boy was very distressed to be left alone with Freud, and the boy ran to the window and watched his mother walk down the street, turn the corner, and disappear from his sight. As the mother was walking away, the boy waved goodbye to her, and throughout the consultation at various points, the boy kept running to the window and waving, even though his mother was long gone. So this was when Freud realized that we keep replaying trauma in order to work through the feelings associated with the trauma. And we also repeat trauma in order to get what I call our happy ending, which is a resolution of the original wound. I call these early wounds old scars. Now, in order to repeat the trauma of our childhood and our past, we need to choose actors who will play the part, usually it's of a parent who let us down. I call this setting the stage. The hope behind choosing a partner who is an emotional carbon copy of the parent who let us down is this. If we can get the emotional goodies from someone who reminds us of our parent, it will feel as though we got the goodies from our parent 
and our old scar will be healed. It sounds great on paper, but in the end, this dance never works. Why? Because the partners we choose are damaged in the exact same way our parents were, meaning they can't give us any more or any better treatment than our parents did. But the urge to heal is so strong, we can't seem to let go. So we hang on to partners who harm us and don't meet our needs, and or we keep choosing partners who keep letting us down in the same way. The latter case is yours. You keep choosing women who seduce you and then drop you. This pattern likely repeats an earlier pattern in which a parent drew you in and then rejected and abandoned you. And this is what I call the repetition compulsion, which causes us to hang on to partners who harm us and don't meet our needs and or keeping the same partners, keep choosing the same partners who keep letting us down in the same way. So in order for you to break free of this pattern, you first have to identify your exact old scar and then heal it. My book, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, is designed to show you exactly how to do this work. In the book, I actually have a chapter in which I list all the old scars, and then I show how these old scars reappear in our adult relationships, and then I show you step-by-step how to heal your specific old scar. So I want you to read the book, and you can download a copy at AskDrLove.com. Under the Products and Services tab on the top menu, you'll see Kiss Your Fights Goodbye is there. You can also find it on Amazon. But you want to get started on your healing. I've solved the mystery of why you're stuck. Now you need to use my book to help you heal the old scar that's keeping the pattern alive. And once you heal, you're going to be free to attract a life partner who's going to cherish you and keep you for the long haul. Now, if you find that you need greater assistance, I do offer a limited number of one-on-one consultations. Uh, You can find them also in the store under products and services. I have an energetic system upgrade and a grief relief session and a personal discovery session, single sessions where I can really help you jumpstart your healing. Alrighty, let me know how you're doing. Now, here's the next question, long distance. Hey, how are you? So I go to a military college in Virginia and my girl goes to school in Boston. We met a year ago and got really close over the summer and got serious. We kept talking when we both went away to school and we grew closer and more serious and fell in love. So I went to visit her one weekend and it didn't go well. It was our first time together in two months, and all I wanted to do was spend time with her and just show her my feelings because I wasn't able to because of our distance. Well, she didn't really show me much affection back, but had a good time with me. When it came to our last night together, she wanted to take me out to a big party. Well, I got drunk and upset because I just wanted to spend time with her and give her all the affection in the world. So I got mad and texted my friend saying some nasty words, and I was thinking about breaking up with her for a while and stuff like that. Well, she read my text messages and got really upset. I hurt her and it is horrible because I do not know if she will be able to recover. It doesn't feel the same. Do you think it will go back to normal? And what can I do so it does? And how can I help her stop hurting? Thank you. Wow. So I commend you really, truly for wanting to do what's needed to make up with her. My book, Make Up, Don't Break Up, is really right up your alley. That's also in the product and services tab at AskDrLove.com. You um, would really benefit by reading it because the book will help you not only get out of the fix you're in now, because you're really on the verge of a breakup. It's going to show you how to avoid that kind of mistake in the future. The biggest obstacle you have now is that I don't think she feels safe with you. 
So to feel safe, she needs to know that you're going to handle your feelings in a more mature way in the future. That is, the next time you're feeling hurt, you need to have the courage to say what you feel and why, instead of going to the angry place and acting on the anger by texting behind her back to a friend. I realize that I'm encouraging you to stretch and grow. And your acceptance of the need for you to do this is not only the way that will give her the assurance that she's safe to try again with you and the assurance that you will not repeat this this behavior in the future. So you need to convey to her that you know you have some growing to do in order to, for her to feel safe. Now, it's, I know it's hard for you as a guy to talk about feelings and it's not how guys are raised, but in order to have a good relationship, you have to learn how to do this. And if you look back on this fiasco, I think you can see that the fight could have been avoided if feelings had been discussed from the start. So the first thing you needed to discuss was your feeling hurt and brushed aside by her lack of affection. Second, her wish to attend a public gathering rather than spend time alone with you. You needed to explore what feelings she was expressing through her avoidant behavior, through her wish to be at a party rather than alone with her. The discussion would have headed off an argument. So I have great faith in you and your ability to learn how to become aware of what you feel and put those feelings into words. All right. So this is a really good moment for us to take a break. Normally I would break in four minutes, but I don't want to start the reading between the sheets question, which is long and evolved, and then break in the middle of reading you the question. So let's take a break early. Bob, my beloved engineer, I'm sorry to throw you a curveball. Let's break early and we'll be back in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, 
Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again, and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. This is the time in the show where we're going to read between the sheets. That's when I tackle your tough sex questions. And this one's called Confused. Hi, Dr. Love. My husband and I have been together for six years and only married for two months. We've always had a passionate sex life, but lately my husband is expressing that he's unhappy with the vanilla sex we're having. It's a point of contingency that's causing, oh, you don't mean contingency. She means a point of contention that's causing a rift in our sex life. He really wants to have someone else have sex with me while he watches. I'm a rather shy person. And while in the past I've participated in other group sex experiences, threesome, foursome, I can't wrap my head around this. <laughs> okay. So th- th- I'm just, it's, I'm laughing because you say you're shy, but you did it before. It seems like a disconnect. We fight over the fact that this is something that he really wants. It's not going to go away, and he wants to have a more exotic sex life. The last time we tried to make it work, I ended up crying in the bathroom, feeling scared and guilty. I don't understand why in the past I was able to be inhibitionless, while present me doesn't want anything to do with experimental sex. We try to talk talk things through to figure out the reason behind my apprehension, but we keep running into a wall. I don't know if it's because I don't have confidence in my body or if this is something I'm not interested in sexually. He believes this is something that would make him harbor resentment, and I fear that would lead to cheating somewhere down the road. I want to be able to share this experience with my husband so that we're able to have a stress-free sex life, but I don't know how to. Signed, Stressed in Seattle. So... I hear you used to have no problem with threesomes and foursomes, and yet now you can't wrap your head around why you don't want to give this horse his head in bed. So your reluctance tells me something very important. You said that you had threesomes and foursomes in the past, but from the sound of it, your exotic sex sex life came before your time with your husband. And from the sound of it, you've been sexually exclusive these past six years. Since you weren't afraid to have these sexual romps before, and you are now, I have to wonder if you know on some level that doing what he wants is going to jeopardize your relationship. Adding other sex partners to the mix is a wild card, to say the least. If you sleep with a man and have a lot of pleasure, will your husband feel threatened, and will it destabilize your relationship? Likewise, will he feel off-balanced if you have a great time with a woman? Now, I know he's arguing with you and pressuring you to go for it, and I know you're worried that he'll cheat on you if you don't give in. The bottom line is you are feeling controlled and pressured, and you shouldn't be made to feel this way. I suggest that you both take a big step back and look at his sexual request with a much wider lens. If you've been reading my columns for a while, you know that sex is never just sex, just like money is never just money. What I mean by this is to the unconscious part of the mind, sex often signifies love or perhaps power or control. So I'd like him to take a look at what his command, well, I I made a Freudian slip there. I meant to say demand, but my unconscious actually said the right word. It's a command. It's like he's holding you emotionally hostage and he's blackmailing you as if to say, don't give me what I want. I'm out of here. So what his demand is saying about his own emotional issues and struggles? How does his quote unquote request connect to his early life? In other words, what old scar is he dragging around? Did he not feel fully loved as a boy? Is getting you to do this sacrifice an unconscious way of filling his very empty tank? If you do this for him, will he feel that you really love him? 
Or was he feeling controlled as a boy? Is he attempting to take the reins by controlling you and doing what a controlling parent did to him? And how does his demand connect to your old scars? Did you feel that you needed to obey your parent or else be abandoned? Did you have to go against your own inner wishes in order to please a parent? So I really want you both to take a breather, put the sex issue on ice for now and read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. In the book, I show you step-by-step how to strip away the overt content of your fight to uncover the real issue or old scar that lurks beneath. Whenever we get into deadlocks and power struggles, it's always being fueled by an old scar. And when you get caught on the overt topic, in this case, uh, threesomes or foursomes, you end up fighting and arguing about the overt content and you miss what's really fueling the fight, which is the old scar. When the actual old scar is unearthed, Then I show you how to heal it together. When the healing arrives, in most cases, the overt issue that you're struggling with just goes away. So please read the book and allow yourselves to heal. And when you do, that sexual power struggle should fade. And I really wish you every happiness. If you're really still stuck, you can ask me for a one-on-one session. And uh, very often I can help couples get unstuck with just one consult. So, hey, get this. I can answer some more questions. I had a little um, little reservoir of questions in case I had more time. So I'm going to share some more with you. And remember, when I share questions with you, put my answers, the questions and my answers in your memory bank, because we're all so similar that sooner or later, whatever one person is struggling with might become your struggle. So you just put the the answer that I'm giving in your memory bank, and you can draw upon it when you encounter this kind of problem. So this one's called, My Husband Always Talks About His Ex, a very common issue. Thanks to your site, at least it will give me a clear mind. I have been married for seven months. My husband and I are living together. We have no kids yet, yet have two grown-up kids, and with his girlfriend before, he didn't marry the woman, and he got married twice and got divorced twice as well. Now that we are living together, he always talks about his ex. Ex, not just his exes, but as well his past girlfriends. I'm the sort of person who doesn't like and want to talk about my ex-boyfriend because I don't really see a point of talking about it as it's past. If he asks me about my ex-boyfriend, that's the only time that I talk. And just a brief one, not to extend that everything my ex-boyfriend did to me, but on his part, he talks about his ex-girlfriend like he used to date this ex-girlfriend and pick her up on her job place and take her to her flat. Or if not, he talks about his ex-wives, how his ex-wife messed up his life. And when he talks about his ex-girlfriend, he tells me that girl reminds him so much of his ex-wife. Come on, Dr. Love, we're not kids here. Why does he always talk about his past? What does my husband want to emphasize here? And to be honest, it does hurt me. But the problem with me is I just keep it inside and I started to feel upset and questions are flying in my mind during bedtime. Sometimes I ask myself if he respects my feelings. Should I tell him to stop talking about all his exes and that he's married, he's married already instead of having a little conversation all the time? Just keep um, keep the ex talks uh, out of our, our marriage. I'm not happy with my feelings and this doesn't happen once. Happens many times and I'm fed up. Thanking your time for to read my letter, signed confused and hurting. Okay, so... When he talks to you about the exes, what you want to be looking at is a theme. 
I think what he's doing is without realizing it, he's talking in what I call emotional Morse code. Emotional Morse code is where a person talking about one thing and doesn't realize he's really talking about an old scar from childhood. It seems to me that he's talking about how he was mistreated. And I'm hearing when I listen and read between the lines, he was a good boy. He did the right thing. He picked them up at work and still they mistreated him. And I think what he's telling you is that he feels wounded by a parent or parents who mistreated him despite his having tried to be a good boy. Now, if you can take your ego out of this equation and not personalize what he's doing and not think he's bragging on his exes or trying to say that they're better than you are, which he's not saying, and you ask him, what does he think he's telling you when he talks about his exes? And how does he feel that this connects to his history? You see where I'm going with this? Because there's a theme. What's the feeling that he's expressing? What's the common denominator? And he might say, I feel hurt. I feel unappreciated. I don't feel valued. And how does that connect to your history? Who didn't appreciate you and value you when you were growing up? And by doing that, you will get him to stop talking about the exes and get him to really talk about the old scar from childhood that never healed. And the proof that it never healed is he kept picking partners who damaged him in the same way and adding salt to his original old scar wound. See what I mean? You know, we, all, we have to remember that People very often are talking out loud to themselves. They're sort of in a sort of a monologue, a reverie about what's troubling them, saying what they need to say to get pressure off. And when you mistakenly think they're talking to you and you insert your ego and you take it personally and you feel rejected, you're sunk. So try to take your ego out of this and realize this is somebody crying about childhood wounds. It's nothing to do with loving of the exes. See what I mean? All right. So. You know, I do the show the first and the third Thursday of every month. So the next time I'm going to be with you is the first Thursday in May. And I have a very interesting show coming up. It's with Dr. Sabine Hazan. She is an MD who specializes in microbiome research. She's a shitologist. That's what she calls herself. And that literally is a doctor who does research on the group of bacteria, fungus, uh, parasites, everything that lives inside the human bowel. That's the microbiome and how it connects to our health. And we're discovering now that um, up to 90% of our immune system, our hormones, and even our neurotransmitters that control our mood, whether we're happy, sad, depressed, anxious, whether we have ADD or ADHD, all seems connected to the microbiome. So on my next show, you're going to meet this doctor. We're going to talk about her research, and I'm going to focus on the link between the microbiome and the mood. And if you have any particular, particular questions you'd like me to ask her, shoot them to me at askdrlove.com. You can use the contact button there. You know, what really juices me is being able to connect to you guys. So I want to hear from you. I want to hear what's working, what you want me to talk about, uh, what's on your mind. That's important to me. All right. So this is a natural point for me to pause. I've said what I need to say today on the topic of long distance love. And we're going to just close a few minutes early. And I'll see you next time on Ask Dr. Love. Take good care. Next time.
You've been listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at askdrlove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times. Thank you.